when I was at Mazio's the other day, and those of you who don't know it, I go to Mazio's once or twice a week, because especially now because they're five dollar salads. Did you all know that it's five dollars? But I went there the other day, and the Collinsville Mazio's treats me the best. I don't know why those girls just like me there. I guess they feel sorry for me because if you see me in the week. I don't look like this. And some of you won't even recognize me. I have walked by people from church and they don't recognize me, so I just keep on going. But I go there and quite a bit, and I went there to lunch about a month, oh, it was a little less than a month ago. And the lady comes up, I come to the register, and she said, What would you like? And I said, I would like a salad bar only and a water. She said, Great, it's six something, no wait. Senior citizens discount. Didn't even have to say a thing. You know when you don't have to say a word, you've made it. So now, she says, every time I go in there, senior citizens discount, right? So I was in Subway the other day. Those of you who don't know, I go in Subway every now and then. Not as much as I used to, but I was in Subway the other day, and the girl had green hair, and she was really sweet to me. She had green hair, and she's dressed in pink. And she just goes, hello, sir, just, just, just going on and on. I felt really good. And she said, senior citizen's discount. I said, that's right. So I've, I've arrived. I feel that I've arrived. Anybody else arrived in here but me? Two of you, three of you, four of you. Come on now. Come on, four of us have arrived. And when you get to this age, you, you really start thinking about some things. You start thinking about your attitude towards certain things because, believe it or not, every one of us needs an attitude adjustment every now and then. Every now and then, we need an attitude adjustment. We all go through this. And here's some things that I've learned over the past few years. I'm 55 now. Here's some things I've learned. And this is the truth. All you young guys, listen. A good woman will take a man farther than anything else in his life. Uh, let me say that again. A good woman will take a man farther than anything else. Preach it. And if you haven't figured that out yet, you need to figure it out. Because if you have a woman now, you better start treating her like the woman that God brought you. And if you're looking for a woman, then you start speaking that woman into your life because a good woman will take a man farther in life than anything else. Something I've learned. You agree with me? Yes. One other thing is my opinion just, just does not matter very much. And neither does yours. My opinion just doesn't matter much. And what I mean is, is I can give it all day long, because that's what we like to do now, because we like to show. We like to tell everybody our opinion, and your opinion, your opinion is not going to change anybody. I'm sorry, it's not going to. You can shout it, you can gripe, you can, you can do whatever you want, and say whatever you want, and it's not going to change a thing. As a matter of fact, the only thing it'll change is it'll get somebody mad at you. Hey, I'm speaking truth this morning, so you might as well listen. It'll only last for a good 20 minutes. 
My opinion really just doesn't matter a whole lot. The only time it ever matters is when somebody comes and asks me. That's the only time. When somebody's asking for your opinion, they're looking, they're looking for something. And you need to give them the truth. For some reason, we just got this whole thing that, you know, we've got to have this attitude of, of you know, man, I don't even know what it is anymore. Hey, guys, when we're in church, time really shouldn't even matter. It really shouldn't. We all ought to be able to get up and just freely shout, hoop, and holler, and do anything we want, and praising God. And we shouldn't, listen, we shouldn't even worry about what the next person's thinking at all. That should be our attitude. Now, somebody's got, to get, somebody's got a good definition of attitude out there. Can anybody give me a good definition of attitude? Ooh, that's good. Anybody else? Outward reflection of your inner feelings. Anybody else? Come on, you got one right here. Come on, you're looking straight at me, and you said you're going to leave if I don't keep your attention. So, huh? Is that pretty good? You agree with anybody else? Let me give you the definition of attitude. I looked it up. That's pretty good, Coon Rod. I don't know whose glasses these are, but I'm wearing them. <laughs> attitude, a settled way of thinking or feeling, feeling. <laughs> about someone or something typically reflected in the person's behavior. Do I need to say that again? A settled way of thinking. How many of you have a settled way of thinking in here? You got just a, that's it. If I don't get some of you starting to raise your hands, I'm going to come out and get you. You You seem to have forgotten who I am. How many of you have got a settled way of thinking? This is just the way it is. And this is just the way it's going to be. You can do it like this with your hand, too. This is the way Gina does it. It's the way it is. Settled way of thinking, and you have this certain attitude about things. It's a feeling about someone or something typically reflected in our behavior. How many of you sometimes know that your behavior really does stink? Oh, well, some of you are being truthful. And here in a minute, I'm going to come out and get some of you. I'm going to bring you up here, and we're going to see how truthful you can be. Come on, guys. We're here, we're here really to learn something. Not to get out and go to Mazio's, even though that's where I'm going after I get out. But we're here to learn. We're here to find out really what God has for us. Because sometimes we need to change our attitude in order to go on in life, in order to move in life. Some of us are stagnating in life simply because of our attitude. We got a bad attitude about things and, and we just don't want to change them. I don't know if marriage is right for me. You're, you're, you're going to be in that for the rest of your life as long as you say that. I don't know if I'll ever get married. You're going to be right there as long as you just continue to say that. I don't know. My wife, she's not going to be worth anything. My, my marriage is just a big... Guys... When we have that attitude, that's exactly where we're going to stay. Come on, let's be truthful with each other this morning. Now, I know some of you are thinking, how's he ever going to tie this into the Bible? Well, because there's lots of bad attitudes in the Word. You didn't realize that? 
Ethan's going to show us a couple of them. Ethan, bring me one up. Now, this is right in the middle of a story, and everybody knows this is going to... I think the one he's bringing up right now is going to be right before the crucifixion of Jesus, and they're in the garden, and he's getting ready to be betrayed. Everybody remember this story? Bring it up. We're going to start right then. Then Simon Peter, since I already told you the story, that's where we'll start, right in the middle there. Then Simon Peter, having a sword... Everybody remember this? Drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name, for some reason, somebody thought this was important enough to tell us the servant's name. Somebody was feeling sorry for this guy. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back in your sheath. Shall I not drink a cup which my father has given me? So in other words, he's saying, this is where we're going here. Now, for some reason, I don't think that Simon Peter was aiming for his ear. I really don't. I think he was aiming for his head. Truly. I think he was aiming for his head, and Simon Peter was, well, I'm just, whoop, and cut his ear off. How many of you need to put your sword back in your sheet? Because as the Word says, your words are about as sharp or, excuse me, your tongue. Isn't that right? Oh, we can, say, we can say the sharpest and the meanest things all in the name of Jesus. All in the name of Jesus, yeah. Okay. Did you guys are interested in this still? Got to tell you another story. Okay. I was driving from Claremore the other day in my truck, and I had my trailer on the back. Those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm just an old blue-collar guy, and I'm out there all the time. Had my big trailer on the back, and I had 12,000 pounds of stuff on the back in that trailer. 12,000 pounds, that's six tons. Driving down Highway 20, and Highway 20 narrows to two lanes when you come on Keatonville Hill. Everybody know where I'm talking about on top of Keatonville Hill? Comes into two lanes. And so I'm in this truck on Saturday afternoon when I thought the traffic would be a little less. I did it on purpose. I pull up on this lane and I have to back into this yard from Highway 20. Has anybody ever been on Highway 20? And some of you are saying right now, he would have gotten in my way. Well, I did. I got in somebody's way. And he was about your age, and I don't think he was you, but he did look a lot like you, and I don't think it was you. You would have known me, right? And I got in his way. And he was in a hurry. He wasn't behind me when I started backing up, but he got there. So he pulls up to my trailer, and my trailer weighs 15,000 pounds sitting there loaded. So he's... I'm backing up into this driveway and he pulls behind my trailer this, this far and honks. Then he gets out, he, gets, he opens his window and he says, What the blank the blank are you doing backing up on this highway? Okay, at this point, those of you who don't know me, I used to have a really bad temper. And it's gotten me in trouble a time or two. A time or two. Well, he's yelling at me and everything else, so I open my door and I politely say, if you don't back that truck up, I'm going to hit it. 
All I need you to do is get out of the way. Well, that made him even more mad. He gets out of the truck. And he's walking up and down the highway doing this. In the road. And he's yelling and screaming at me. And at this point, I'm looking for a hammer. Yeah, so Pastor Mark was looking for a hammer. And don't tell me that you wouldn't do any different if you had mace or a gun in the car. You'd do the same thing. Some of you are saying, that's exactly what I would have done if I had a hammer. And if I had a hammer. And I had a hammer. Huh? I was going to do more than cut his ear off. Okay. So, some of you are thinking right now, and I want an opinion here. What do you all think that I did from this point? Do you think that was right? No. Who said that? What did you think I did? Yes. What do you think I did? You know me a little better than what I thought. Something on the inside of me, because I've been in this situation before, went... Stomp when I was getting out of the truck. Because as we get this age, should we not know a little better? Huh? Hopefully. So when we get when we get when we get to the age to where we have lived and we have so much, should we know a little better? Because that would have escalated to something else. And I may not have been standing here today. Yeah. There you go. Because sometimes when we don't when we aren't listening to the Holy Spirit and we already are fighting an attitude, these young kids, that's exactly what I was thinking, Clint. This young kid, I'm gonna bust him a big one. If probably if I had a Clint with me, we'd have jumped on him and beat him up and nothing else. <laughs> these two old men go to jail today because they beat up on a twenty year old kid. I was thinking, all that I have I am not going to mess it up just to satisfy my pride. Right? Right? Sometimes we can make decisions that will change our life in a split second. In a split second. So, let's, since I'm not going with my, with my notes... Talk about attitude. We we see this guy right here. He had an attitude, man. He needed an attitude adjustment really quick. As a matter of fact, Simon Peter had an attitude problem for quite some time. But you're saying, wasn't Simon Peter one of the twelve disciples? And weren't those twelve disciples like perfect? You want to see another one? How about two more? G- give me give me the next verse. Let's see if you can figure this one out. Oh, this is when he first started appointing the 12 disciples. Watch this. Then he appointed the 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power and to heal the sick. He's sending these people out. Right here. To have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons. 
Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, there's he, there's he, he's there again. Now watch this. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name, I think you say that, Boan, Boanerges, the sons of thunder. Now, if I was one of the twelve disciples and Jesus gave me, you are the son of thunder. I would be asking, what exactly do you mean by that? Now, Kerry has a definition that we don't want to hear. And he's not here. So we're not going to hear his definition. What do you think the sons of thunder mean? What? Okay. They were loud. But, listen you guys, I'm really disappointed in what you're saying. Because these are two of the twelve disciples. They were sent out to preach. And to heal the sick. And to cast out demons. And what you're telling me is, these guys had some problems in their attitude. What that means is, probably, is they, they really did like to fight. They were loud. They screamed at each other. They were just, they had, they, ne they needed an attitude adjustment. Okay, how many of you in here want to be really truthful with me and everybody else? Is, how many of you are a little bit loud and boisterous in the way you talk and sometimes you're kind of mean in the, way, in the things that you say and you need an attitude adjustment? Look, look. But still yet, in those in those three people that we just looked at. Did you, do you realize that the twelve disciples were the closest people ever to Jesus when He was here? I mean physically, right? But yet, not a one of them was perfect. Not a one. Man, they were all just a little messed up. And guess what? <laughs> we're all just a little messed up in here. There's not a one of us that's perfect. Not a one. Not a one in our physical sense are we perfect. Now, in our spirit, if you're born again, you have been remade perfect in your spirit, but you're still dealing with that, those, those what I call, attitudes. What does it mean whenever you tell somebody? What does it mean, Charlene, when you tell your... Shalina, when you tell your kids, I want everybody to know who I was talking to. What does it mean when you have to tell your kids, you've got an attitude? What does that mean? Really? Because when we tell somebody that, you know, you ever have to tell Sam anything like that? Sam, you've got, you got an attitude. Huh? Come on, come on, get, get real here. Yeah, you got, you got an attitude. Do you ever have to tell Chris? Chris, you've got an attitude. Uh, probably so. What that means is, is generally it's a negative connotation here to where you got an attitude and you need, you need to adjust it. And you need to do it really quick. Some of you are looking at me like, I just said that. Just, just today. Just this morning. Gina says that to me all the time. Yes. 
Because some of us, you know, we're still working on our attitude. We're still working. But see, the thing is, what I'm trying to tell you is that even those who were closest to Jesus, who were the closest, who were called, it just said they were called. It just said they were called. Don't try to take my thunder. Do you hear what she said? That's probably why they were called. Which brings me now to the end and to this point. That's why you're called too. If you're waiting for something, if you're waiting, oh, you know, I hear, I've heard all these excuses over the years, especially when I was pastoring, I've heard all these excuses. I'm just waiting to get to this point to where God can use me. You're just making excuses. Because if he could use Simon Peter, if he could use two brothers that had a really bad attitude about certain things and like to fight and this and that, if he could use those people, then he can use you. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know, you don't know the things that I'm... You know, I've got all these hang-ups. No. It just doesn't matter. You know, because it's really amazing who God can work through. One more. I didn't even, I wouldn't even bring up a verse. How many of you remember the prophet with an attitude? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He was called a prophet with an attitude. He was swallowed by a fish. Jonah was known as the prophet with an attitude. Jonah had a calling from God to an entire nation. Think about it. To an entire nation. He didn't want to have anything to do with those people. He hated those people. He didn't want to, he didn't want to, as a matter of fact, he wanted to destroy the nation. He wanted God to destroy those people. And God was, no, you're called to them to save them. He fussed and fought and griped and he was swallowed by that whale or fish, whatever you want to call it. And he still came out did what God told him to do, but still, at the end of that entire book, if you want to read it, he still had a bad attitude. It just amazes me. Sometimes when God will heal us, He'll bring us out of stuff, He'll just, he'll just bring us clear out of the mess that we're in, and two weeks later, got a bad attitude again. We got a bad attitude well, guys, you're human, right? And we're going, to be, we're going to be struggling with certain things the whole time that we're here on earth. Thank goodness, you know what? We aren't taking any of that with us. We're not taking any of it with us. But while we're here, I want to remind each and every one of you this morning, and we were going to go to the Beatitudes, and, but you can do that yourself. Because Jesus gives us, well, we can, can we do that real quick? Let's just go through the eight Beatitudes. Did I give you that, Ethan? Look how good Ethan is. He remembers me. Watch this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. 
Let's just very quickly go through these because there's a reason. Blessed are the meek. I, that's not, that doesn't mean weak, right? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. As the deer panteth for the water, does my soul longeth after you. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Is there eight of them, right? Oh! Then that was like six, wasn't it? Blessed are the peacemakers. Come on, spirit fingers up. Peacemakers. Woo! Blessed are the peacemakers! For they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And by the way, the kingdom of heaven was already brought here by the Son of God. So therefore, we live, we have part of the kingdom of heaven with us now. So we are to inherit that. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Think about that now. It's yours already. You're not waiting to get it. So we look at these eight things and Jesus says these are the beatitudes, not the beatitudes, but the beatitudes. We look at these up here now and I'm going to ask you, what is your attitude toward each one of those? What's your attitude? Blessed are the meek. Don't you call me that. I'll tell you right now. I'm a man, as Zane said this morning when he got out in the rain. I don't need no umbrella. I'm a man. <laughs> well, okay. I'm a man. Don't you tell me I'm meek. Don't you tell me I'm weak. Don't you ever tell me that I have to lift my hands up and praise the Lord because I'm a man. I'm a man. Guys, a real man is not afraid to praise the Lord. You look at these things and you say, how am I ever going to get to that point? Well, stand up with me. How am I ever, how could I ever do those, how could I ever do those eight things? How could that ever, how could I ever, Lord, you're going to have to help me. Exactly right. Because you cannot do them alone. You simply can't. You see, because, okay, how many of you are born again? How many of you know you're born again in this room? How many of you just know it without a doubt? You see, because if you are, then you have the Spirit of God in you. And when you have the Spirit of God in you, do you realize that you're capable of doing these eight things? Because you are not on your own. Sometimes you may feel like it. Sometimes you may think you are, but you're not. So when you have the Spirit of God in you, you can do those things. Now, if there's anybody in here that you didn't raise your hand, let's just get the Spirit of God in you right now. Can we all do that? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, there's somebody in this room that they couldn't raise their hand because they wasn't for certain that they have received you as their Savior. 
Father, I just lift my hand in this place right now, and that person in this room is receiving you as their Savior, where they stand at this very moment. The most important thing in their life, Father, is what they're doing right now. Because, Father, as soon as they receive you and they believe in you and they have faith in you that you are the Son of God, that you are their Savior, that you are Jesus, that you came here and died for us on that cross, then your Spirit is within them at that very moment. And they can do the things that you have instructed them to do, Father. Father, right now I thank you for that, that that person right now has done that. And, and Father, they are just receiving you right now. They are being filled with you right now, with your Spirit. Father, I thank you and I praise you for that. But here again, Father, all the rest of us in here, and we have already received you. We know who we are in Christ. We know that we have received the gift of heaven. But Father, we're still here on earth. And we want to do as much as we possibly can. And reach those all that we can. Father, we stand here right now. And even as crazy and as simple as it may sound, we are asking you to help. Change our attitude. From batitude to be attitudes. And Father, every time we struggle when we go through the week, just because we're here today doesn't mean that we're not going to struggle tomorrow. Father, every time that we see a struggle come up, that we're going to remember, I've got the Spirit of God in me and I can come through this and I can have a good attitude about it. I can quit griping about things. I can quit, I can quit saying negative things to people at work. I can quit saying negative things to my wife or to my husband or whoever that is, Father. I can quit saying those things and begin lifting them up. Father, we thank you that you have given us the ability to do just what we ask this morning. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout this morning. Yeah. Boy, God is good. In the neighborhood. Chris, you got a couple of announcements for us? All right, come on up here. You better be loud because that's what they're used to now. Get up here and preach it. Oh, they're just announcements. Oh. But. <laughs> no, uh, we still need to take offering, but before I do that, I do want to uh, just say welcome back to the Mexico team who's back. Those guys are awesome. So if you don't know, uh, we just sent a team to Mexico to go down there and help a missionary that we support. And they've, if you haven't kept up with them on Facebook, they've been all over the place. They did a, like a kid's baseball camp down there. They did so many awesome things. And when you give into this church, that's what you're helping to give into. We, we give to Mexico missions. And I tell you, uh, Ben, when I tell you that he goes and talks, sees people that has never heard the gospel before, trust me, he goes way, he goes to the ends of the earth of Mexico, okay, I'm telling you. So when you give to this church, you are part of that. Your giving is a part of that, and you're sowing a seed. Amen. So yeah, as you prepare your gift today, uh, just thank God for what he's doing with that gift and how that's reaching not only this community, but it's reaching the world. So if you're giving by cash or check, you can raise your hand, and one of our ushers will bring you an envelope and a pen. And if you're giving by debit or credit card, 
you can use the instructions on the screen behind me here. And while they're collecting the offering, I just want to say that if you are new here, uh, we're glad you made it. We're glad you're here. And if you're looking for a place that's going to help you live your no-limits life, who's going to find the plan for you that Jesus has called you to live, then this is your home. And we would like you to come back next Sunday and just make this place your home. Amen. So, we good? I think Coonrod's filling out a slip there. I was just, <laughs> just, I was just going to pray over the offering real quick. We got it all? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you that you give to us according to your riches and your glory. We thank you that as we give into this church, that it goes and it helps this community, and it also helps spread the gospel around the world. I thank you for good seed to sow. In the name of Jesus, amen. And the announcements are, we have, don't forget this Wednesday is the men's dinner with Blaine Bartell. If you haven't bought your ticket yet, please, please, please get that ticket tonight because they have to prepare, we have to know how much food to order. So if you haven't got your ticket for the men's dinner this Wednesday, you can go on to, uh, I believe it's nolimitsmen.com and you can register there. And then we also have our summer small groups has kicked off. Who's already made it to one of the new small groups? Yeah, those are going good. You know, I was at the, the entrepreneur one, which is 6.30 a.m. on Tuesdays, and there was a bunch of people there. Yep, because even early early uh, groups don't stop entrepreneurs. That's what we thrive for. So, so it's awesome. And, uh, yeah, with that being said, if you want to join a small group, you can see Gina or I right after service, and we'll get you hooked up. And then uh, let's just get out of here the same way we got out of here with our confession. I have new life in Jesus. I don't waste one moment in regret because Jesus has forgiven it all. God's mighty power is at work in me. He is doing more in my life than I could dream of. My life impacts the world for Jesus. Amen. Have a good week.